Welcome in Braves Today, bravestoday.com. He's Lindsey Crosby. I'm Ben Taylor, and it's all brought to you by Active Wealth Management. Go to annuity360.net for your free book. Tell Ford we said hello. Lindsey, the news that seemed to not want to go away is Shohei Otani becoming a Brave. And just when we thought there's no chance, money's not right, all of a sudden you have some insiders now that say, He's really interested in the Braves, and a lot of it has to do with the fact the longevity that they have in front of them as far as being successful. They've got young kids locked up for the next five, six years, and that's what he wants. He's tired of losing in Anaheim, so he wants to go to a place that can contend. Yeah, the the quote from John Morosi, and this is writing at MLB.com, they're talking about everybody's questions about Shohei Otani, is they – they ask like what like what are the dark horse teams you should be paying attention to in the Otani chase outside of your usual suspects the Dodgers the Giants you know right. the Mets anybody with money and Morosi one of his is the Blue Jays because uh, it's an international opportunity it's the only franchise right. outside of the U.S. and he has a career OPS of like 1140 in Toronto which is just ridiculous <laughs> but then he talks about the Braves and Morosi specifically like I'm going to read the quote real quick. The Braves appeal to Otani from a competitive perspective. His best opportunity to win is with a franchise that has an abundance of young star level position players under contract for the long term. The Braves fulfill that category better than any other MLB franchise. He is correct in the factual statements in there. The question is the Braves appeal to Otani. Does he, has he been told that or is that speculation? I don't know. Right. And I think that's kind of the big thing here is we don't know. Uh, I will say that we've talked before. I don't know if the money's going to work out for Atlanta. Yes, they have money to spend, but I think mm-hmm. there's a difference in spending. They offered $27 million a year for Aaron Nola. I think there's a difference in the money you're going to be spending for a guy like an Aaron Nola and the money you're going to be spending for a Shohei Otani, who's rumored to be getting $40 million a year on some sort of long-term deal, possibly up to fifty, right? Uh, and so I still don't know if it's realistic. I would love it. He'd make every single roster better. And if you get anything out of him as a pitcher, great. And even if not, I still think he'd be a really good outfielder. Yeah, I do too. And he, yeah, I will say this. He is not the only one that has said that. There was another article yeah. that I'd pulled up that was an, a, on conditions of anonymity. It was an agent that now who knows who that would be, but you know how agents will talk to one another and that kind of thing that just said that there is a mutual interest. That's all he said. He did not say. So yeah. apparently there is some, I don't know, some, some meat to this, that there has mm-hmm. at least been some talks and maybe some emails that have been shared that said, Hey, is this something that we at least need to sit down and go over? And, but I'm, I still, it goes back to me. Don't get me wrong. I think he'll be a great outfielder. I think it thing is proven that he's going to be a great hitter, and that's not going to yeah. go away anytime soon. It doesn't seem like. Uh, the problem I've got with it is what you just said. I mean, he's he's a fifty million dollar a guy, a fifty million dollar a year guy, and I know that we've said numerous times the Braves have never gone over that twenty two mil part, although they were about to. So that was that we, that would have shot that theory to hell. But uh, the fifty million to go. Two million to fifty, I just don't see that happening. Shohei Otani will cost if he makes fifty million, he will cost the same as Matt Olson, Austin Riley, and Ozzy Albies all combined. And for an organization that has done so much 
to get guys into below market long-term extensions to give themselves cost certainty. It just doesn't feel like the very top of the free agent market is where Atlanta is going to play. We just haven't seen any evidence that they're going to do that. Now, we've seen evidence that they're involved in the high end of the market with Aaron Nola, but again, there's a difference in 27 million and 50 million. And so if it was a shorter deal that had some sort of, you know, like a high, yes, a high salary, but a shorter term deal where you could specifically point to the money coming off the books next year, you're not going to have uh, Marcelo Zun on the books next year. Charlie Morton's probably going to retire. Max right. Freed may not be on the books after next year. You could free up a bunch of money. I could see something like that on a shorter term thing, but I just don't long term. I just don't see that money for that long for Shohei Otani. Now, again, I'd love it. Don't get me wrong. It just doesn't feel likely, even with this report from Morosi that the Braves are the perfect scenario for him. And who knows who the agent is on conditions of anonymity. It could be his agent that's trying to drive up the price even more. So that's one reason he's yeah. saying that. So yeah. uh, that, that, I don't, that, that is what agents do. I have talked to agents for players yes. before. That is what agents do. That is their job. So. Yes. And, and I'm perfectly okay. I think he's, I think he's worth it. I just don't know that, like you just said, you compared with, with, and there's more to it. I know that some of you have jumped in our comments and some of you have said stuff like, do you understand how many Otani jerseys they're going to sell? I, I get the money that's going to be made off of him being in the ballpark. You also have a clubhouse to keep together. And when Lindsay just mentioned five guys are sitting around looking at one another going, we're paying this dude. Same amount as all of us together. All of us com combined make and, you know, one of which is an NL MVP and the other, which was an NL MVP in the running for the NL MVP. And let's just call Riley what it is. He could possibly be in the running for NL MVP. So yep. you're paying this guy that kind of money with three possible MVPs sitting there together. And it's, it's a tough look. But again, as a Braves fan, I would love it. I would love to see him in a Braves uniform. I think it would be great for the city. I think it would be great for uh, the wins. I think and, and the excitement. But um, I that's just a that's a tough nut to crack, man. I mean, even if it's four, let's just go low. Even if it's forty million, and yeah. that's still a lot more than twenty seven million. So um, we shall see. If it, speaking of millions, uh, let me just invite you to go over to Active Wealth Management. Go to annuity three sixty net for your free book, and this can definitely tell you about what you need to do with your finances. Ford Stokes, fiduciary and sound financial advisor, also contributor to Forbes.com, writing articles for Forbes. As the He's the author of Annuity 360 that we talk about here all the time. Wants to give you that free book at no cost to you. Go to annuity360.net, put your information in, and get that free book today and tell Ford we said chop on and for the egg. All right, we move on to Andrew Velasquez. And the reason I bring this name up is because he's brought it up. And I said, is this the elder version of Nikki Lopez? <laughs> so for those of you who missed it, uh, on <laughs> we wrote it up on Sunday. It actually apparently happened on Saturday, I think. But Andrew yep. Velasquez signed a minor league deal to return to the Atlanta Braves organization. Uh, 28 years old, has played for a bunch of teams, right? Uh, the Rays, the Guardians. I actually think they were the Indians back then. But... Yep. Uh, the Orioles, the Yankees, the Angels, we claimed him off of waivers in August. He never got into a major league game, but, uh, yes, he is the, he is the, this season's Nicky Lopez. The idea behind trading all those guys away on that Friday to the White Sox was you were going to have to pay them millions of dollars put together 
and you could replace them for cheap. Nikki Lopez is projected to make like $4.4 million in arbitration. Who is Nikki Lopez? He is a good defending, light hitting infielder who is primarily a shortstop, but can play anywhere. Who is Andrew Velasquez? A light hitting, good defensive infielder who primarily plays shortstop, but has played almost anywhere. He doesn't hit as good as Nicky Lopez did. His his career best, or I guess his uh, his career average is 189, whereas Nicky Lopez is like 249. But mm-hmm. neither one of those guys was there for offense. They were there to be a backup on defense if somebody got hurt or needed a defensive replacement. So you bring him in. It's a minor league deal, so he's not on your 40-man roster right now. Right. If he makes the team out of spring training, he'll take a 40-man spot then, but you would have already been able to put some of your pitchers on the 60-day IL. Your Ian Anderson recovering from Tommy John, you know, some of your other injured guys, you can move them to the 60-day IL in spring training and get that roster spot back. So this was the plan, was we either non-tender or trade a bunch of guys that we don't want to pay market rate for. In this case, they didn't want to guarantee Velasquez a 40-man roster spot all offseason. Mm-hmm. They brought him back. I wouldn't look too much into this. This, to me, is... He's probably the utility guy, uh, yeah. but he may start in AAA, and they may decide that Von Grissom's the utility guy. They may sign a major leaguer. Who knows? But he's probably just insurance and depth. He is going to be the guy that, when Ozzy Albies gets hurt this year, is going to come in and fill in for about two weeks, and then he's going to go back to the minors. Yep. That's essentially what you're getting as far as Velasquez is concerned. Cause there have been people that have been in chats and stuff like that. And they're like, why would we sign this guy? Blah, blah, blah. It's, a, it's not a, it's a minor league deal. Like, yeah. why are you worried about it? Yeah. Do you know how many other minor leaguers we've signed thus far that have no <laughs> name whatsoever? Like <laughs> we signed another minor leaguer at the same time that we haven't even right. talked about. Cause he's a pitcher. And, like he's a pitcher who was up for like 40 games in Colorado in like 2021. And like, that's it. And so we haven't even talked about him. Minor league signings happen all the time. The goal was get him off the 40 man roster. That's what they did. So he may be the guy, if they find a better deal, he may not. But the point is he's making at worst $750,000 where Nicky Lopez was making 4.4 million. These are the kind of moves you have to make if you want to play in the higher end of the free agency market. And sign Otani. I'm not going to go there anymore. I promise. <laughs> As, uh, you mentioned pitching and, and them signing a minor league pitcher. Well, we keep talking pitching, pitching, pitching. Lindsay, is our the answer to our problems sitting right in front of us with Waldrop and Smith Shaver? As Waldrop never made it up last year. I mean, I, I understand he's he's a rookie. I mean, he's just coming. He just he got done playing in the College World Series and immediately started pitching in the minor leagues for the Braves. And so, uh, and then Smith Shaver. And the reason I say that is because every time their trade talks, those two names come up that other people want. So it makes me wonder if the answer to our problems is right in front of us. So they are the top two prospects, kind of consensus across Atlanta system. We have them one and two on the site. Uh, when I did the Braves rankings for Lockett and MLB prospects, we had them one and two as well. Baseball America, MLB Pipeline, everybody has them one and two. So there's a reason. But I don't, I want to caution everybody who's just automatically penciling in one or both of these guys for the rotation all year next year. I want to, like, a word of caution because both of them have things that they have to overcome to stick in the major league rotation. We've talked a lot on the show about Bryce Elder, right? Mm -hmm. How he had such an amazing first half of the season, and then he fell off in the second half. And the big thing 
that we talked about why that happened was how many innings he pitched. He pitched, you know, I want to say he pitched like 180 innings and it was more, it was 25 or 30 over his previous career high. Well, both these guys have pitched even less than that. AJ Smith Shaver last year pitched a total of 87 and a third innings between uh, high A Rome, who is Mm -hmm. now the Emperor's, Double uh, A Mississippi, Triple A Gwinnett, and the Majors. Uh, Hurston Waldrop pitched more. He pitched 131 between Florida, the University of Florida, and the Miners. Mm-hmm. Uh, but counting on these guys to stick in the rotation long term doesn't feel like it's realistic. If you look at this, is what happened to Bryce Elder when he was in the rotation for an entire season the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do think there's things you can do when you think they're ready to acclimate them to the majors. And I think AJ smith is the first one. I could see them doing something like Spencer Strider in his his rookie year, where they bring him up, they start him in the bullpen, they let him pitch, you know, two innings here, three innings there, four innings there. And then once they determine he's adjusted and they've missed enough of the season, then plan to have him into movement into the rotation if he's effective where he can maybe finish the year with 100 or so innings. You have to keep in mind, he got 25 innings in the majors last year with an ERA of 4.26. So it's not like mm-hmm. he dominated in the majors. He just looked like he could potentially dominate in the future. Um, and and he didn't pitch all the way through high school. Like he was, he's only been pitching for a couple seasons. It's not like he's mm-hmm. been doing this since he was 10. So that's a possibility you may see him some I don't think you're going to see him all season and then Hurston Waldrop he pitched more innings yes he pitched 131 but we have surprisingly little uh, data research all of that on how exactly how difficult and in what ways the transition from pitching once a week in college to pitching every five days in the majors affects you because it doesn't sound like it's a lot, mm-hmm. but it goes from pitching once, like literally in college, it is every seven days. You're the Friday night starter. You're the Saturday starter. Yep. You pitch every seven days. Whereas you may pitch twice in a week, depending on how the rotation lines up in minor league baseball or in the majors. And so Hurston Waldrop's already a guy who has had walk issues. He walked 4.9 batters through nine innings or per nine innings. In the minors with us last year, he walked five per nine innings in college baseball last year. Already a guy that there's obviously a little bit of control issues. What happens if he throws more often than he's accustomed to and goes significantly over that 131 inning career high? And before that, he had 90 innings in 2022 and he had 16 in 2021. So together, could they give you probably... 20 starts if you had to have it? Mm. Yes. Is it re- realistic to count on either one of them being in the rotation all year? No, especially when you think about the fact that the goal is to get to the postseason and make a postseason run, right? So it's let's pump the brakes a little bit on AJ Smith Shaver and Hurston Waldrop in the rotation on a regular basis, but spot starts. Short stretches, yes. I think they're going to be part of this mix in Atlanta next season. They could be those midweek starters. You and I, have, I've referenced it before, the, the Kevin Millwood games every Wednesday <laughs> when we went up 
to go watch the Braves when I was in college. We got to watch Kevin Millwood pitch, and I just got, you know, it was one of those deals where I just got kind of sick of it after a while. But I do see, see that being – and that would be a better scenario with these two guys because then they wouldn't go every week. You'd just be able to bring them up and 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 give them some, as you call them, spot starts, whether it yeah. be a Wednesday night or a Monday or, or a something. A doubleheader. Like yeah. Yeah, yep. I mean – Every player like can be moved to the minors, sent down to the minors five times in the same season, right? And mm. so, if AJ Smith-Shaver breaks can't like break spring training with the with the main roster, you can send him down multiple times if you need to throughout the season. Herson Waldrop can move back and forth five times without penalty. So you can have a guy come up, let him make two starts or so, send him back down when the schedule permits, when you need an extra starter when the schedule permits you to bring up a sixth guy so that all the regulars can get a, can get an extra day of rest to keep them fresh right. for October. There's ways to work them in. I just don't want to count on them to be your number five because we saw what happened with Bryce Elder when we not only counted on him to be higher up in the rotation than we thought he was going to be, a number three, but right. also when you asked him to go all season and his ERA in the second half ballooned over five. Yeah, I mean, he literally went from an all-star in the first half to being one of the worst pitchers in baseball in the second half. And so yeah. uh, that is what you don't want to do, especially with young guys like this. Elder's a little different, um, a little more maturity on him. But as far as these two guys, um, I mean, fresh out of college, goodness gracious alive. Who hasn't, as you said, didn't grow up pitching. So uh, you don't want to kill that confidence. Lindsay, before we get out of here, I did want to give a, uh, a shout-out to uh, Chief Nakahoma, who was with the Braves for years around 20 years in the 60s, all the way through the early 80s, uh, passed away over the Thanksgiving holiday. His uh, son uh, put a big tribute to him on Facebook because Chief Nakahoma still had a page that people could follow. Uh, that used to be one of the cool things with him hanging out in his TP out in the out in the outfield whenever I was going to 80s games with the Braves with my dad. That was like our summer trip that we would go up and go to Atlanta and catch a weekend series. And he always made his way around the ballpark to sign autographs and take pictures with people when you had real cameras instead of cell phones. So, uh, you know, you know, thoughts with the family. It sounds like his, his son really, you know, Loved him as not just a father, but I think he thought of him as like an icon like all of us Braves fans did because he didn't post any personal pictures. It was all with him and his makeup and doing Chief Nakahoma stuff with the Braves. So you could definitely tell that that was a big thing. So uh, the Braves lost a, a legend, and I'm sure this year there will be some way to honor him that they'll try to do without upsetting half the country while they do it. But still, he, he played a big role for the Braves in the 60s, 70s, and early 80s. So um, rest in peace, Chief Nakahoma. Lindsey, as always, I greatly appreciate it, sir. We will see. Maybe next time we pod, we've signed Otani by then because <laughs> we always say that week after Thanksgiving is when stuff starts popping, and then we'll lead up to the winter meetings, which stuff will pop even more. So we may have some great pods for you in the future. On that note, just happening as we are recording, right-hand pitcher Kenta Maeda and the Detroit Tigers have agreed to a two-year, $24 million deal. A guy we talked about, 35-year-old pitcher, was in the AL Central with the Twins. Yep. I said, let's not give too much money for a guy like that because of the injury concerns as well as uh, the performance. Stays in the AL Central going to the, to the Tigers. But now that Thanksgiving's done, you're already starting to see this stuff happen, and it's just going to pick up between now and the winter meetings. This is the fun time, indeed, before pitchers and catchers have to report in February. He's Lindsey Crosby. I'm Ben Taylor. It's all been brought to you by Active Wealth Management. Go to annuity360.net for your free book. Lindsey, as always, I greatly appreciate your time, sir. Thanks, buddy.